Welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Coming to you live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown, welcome to Positively West Virginia. I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Today, we have a very special episode for you guys. We're going to be visiting with Ron and Matilda Fowler. They're the owners of French Creek Christmas Trees, located, of course, in French Creek, West Virginia, Upshur County. But first, I want to tell you just a few things about our mission here at Positively West Virginia. Every week, we talk with West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with people just like you in West Virginia and across the country. Since 2017, our goal is to bring you encouraging and inspiring business stories each week from right here in the Mountain State. We've produced more than 250 episodes now, and Positively West Virginia is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can learn more about our mission of promoting small business and entrepreneurship in West Virginia at PositivelyWV.com. My team here at Interaction Media and Positively West Virginia, we just we just love telling these positive business stories that, quite frankly, a lot of people never hear about. Our hope is that people realize you don't have to leave West Virginia to find great business opportunities. They're right here in our state, by golly. And we want to encourage people to stay here or come here and build a great company or even move back to West Virginia and be a part of this amazing small business culture here in our state. All of our guests are people who are actually getting that done day in and day out. I mean, they are doing it. They're not just talking about it. And I'm convinced we can all learn from their experiences. And I think most importantly, their stories. Our guests once again today are Ron and Matilda Fowler. They're the owners of French Creek Christmas Trees. They're located in French Creek, West Virginia. Uh, of course, that's in Upshur County. Ron and Matilda, welcome to the show this morning. Thank you for having us, Jim. Absolutely. That's that's great. You guys have been growing Christmas trees in your farm there in Upshur County since 1983, when you first planted the first seedlings and harvested your first Christmas trees in, what, seven years or so later in 1990. Guys, you know, uh, I just, I think that's an awesome story. Uh, we wanted to have you on the show to talk about French Creek Christmas trees, to, to talk about your story and, and to talk about the business that you both lead here in West Virginia as small business owners, farmers, uh, and, you know, entrepreneurs. Guys, thanks again for being on the show. How did you get started in this business? Matilda, I'll start with you. How did you get started in this whole thing? Well, we uh, started... Ron is a forester uh, yep. by trade, and after we moved to Upshur County, we decided that we wanted to grow Christmas trees, and that's what uh, he started planting, and I kind of went back to work to help support what needed to be done while he was doing that, and it just took off from there after we sold our first tree. It's just growing in leaps and bounds, actually, ever since we started selling. That's awesome. So. Ron, talk a little bit about that. You you got your degree from WVU, West Virginia University, uh, in forestry. You started yes. working with the West Virginia Division of Forestry. And how did you come about the vision of saying, hey, I want to I grow Christmas trees? 
Uh, that's very simple. My supervisor uh, with the division of forestry grew Christmas trees. He was into the business early on. Okay. And we just decided that I like to plant things. I like to grow things, garden, you know, a garden and plant. Uh, well, with a piece of property, we were able to require it just, it just, everything just fit together. Yeah. So, uh, my inspiration in basically starting was was Mr. Hall, who was a district forester at that time. Yeah. Wow. That's super cool. So you have a background in forestry and here you have a, a Christmas tree farm. Talk a little bit about your, your farm, like the specifics of it. Uh, well, I'll just kind of give you some round figures. Um, yeah. Our total farm is about 50 acres, but not all of it's in Christmas trees. Uh, Probably we say that in Christmas tree growing, we dedicate about 30 to 32 acres in for Christmas tree production. And the rest of it is a little wood lot. And then, of course, in West Virginia, we have the uh, swampy areas along the little streams and all of that. And that is wildlife. That's our wildlife areas. So uh, that pretty much describes our farm. It is just just a hilly West Virginia farm. Yeah. Matilda, you know, what's, um, you know, talk a little bit about um, your Christmas trees. I mean, I think that's, you know, here we are in the beginning of the Christmas season here in West Virginia. Uh, I personally love a fresh cut Christmas tree. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, what the trees uh, mean to you and what types of trees you, you guys are growing down there. Right now, our top seller is a Canaan fir, and it is a native seed-sourced Canaan Valley, West Virginia, and mm. it's very similar to a Fraser fir. Um, has really good needle retention. Um, people really like it. Uh, we also have white pine, and that's a long-needled soft pine. A lot of people like those. Um, our top sellers have changed over the years. It used to be blue spruce, uh, scotch pine. We've actually quit growing those now and are just growing the uh, canane fir and white pine. And we have sometimes now uh, third generation families coming back, uh, bringing their children and their grandchildren and coming back. And we always do coloring books and candy canes for the children. And some of the people have told us, you know, I still have that coloring book that I got when I came here as a child. So that's pretty neat. No kidding. That's awesome. It's like a family heirloom now. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I I believe our producer Hampton Hill is going to be putting some photographs up as we're talking about the farm and the trees. Uh, You know, Ron, you know, you mentioned um, roughly 32 acres of your 50 acre farm are devoted towards Christmas tree farming. Talk Uh a little bit about, um, you know, how many trees, I mean, how many trees can you grow on 32 acres? It seems like that's a lot of land. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. Well, first of all, it's, this is not a crop that if I plant a saving this, let me put it this way. If I plant a saving this year, we cannot expect a harvest on that ceiling until approximately eight years down the road. Wow. Okay. And so during those eight years, it, it involves a lot of uh, cultivation, taking care of them and that. Now, during that time period, those little ceilings out there are subject to all kinds of, of uh, all things like 
animal damage, insects, diseases, and genetics of the seedlings plays a part in this. So in theory, and I think it's pretty well true that if you plant a thousand seedlings, you're going to probably be able to harvest out of that thousand, uh, three to 400 trees. Wow. There were the rest of those seedlings are lost to some type of uh, an event. Okay. And that's pretty well. And I believe that that uh, pretty well holds true. So that, that, that's pretty interesting. So how many, so for instance, like I said, how many, you know, on 32 acres, how many trees do you have say that are harvestable this year? We have a goal of every year after we've got into this a little bit more, my goal is, or our goal has been uh, to keep it at a level that does not require um, a lot of hired labor, or if any hired labor, we try to do everything ourselves. So we have set a goal to try to, if we can harvest 350 to 400 trees every Christmas, um, that, that meets our objective. Yeah. So is it fair to say that you've got to plant a thousand seedlings a year? Is that I, we planted 2,250 last year. Uh-huh. Uh, we, I, we haven't really decided what we're going to do this year, but it's going to be over a thousand seedlings. Yeah. And, um, in the past, of course, it was much more than that, but we were, we were younger and more limber and could do more work. <laughs> so we did more work. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. we just decided we're, ju we're just a choose and cut a very basic type Christmas tree operation. Yeah. So, so talk about Matilda, talk about that experience of choose and cut. What, what can somebody expect when they come to your farm? <laughs> well, when they come into the driveway and get parked and we do have fairly ample parking, um, they will greet them at the garage and we give them a saw, find out a bow saw, no chainsaws allowed. I have to put that in there. And they, uh, we point them in whatever direction, you know, if they want a specific tree, we can kind of help show them where to go. Mm -hmm. And then they just take the saw, they go out and wander all over the farm. A lot of times they come right back to the first one that they were looking at. Um, and we've kind of said that we can almost tell how long someone's been married because if it's a new marriage, they, they'll be out there a long time and the, the man will be usually saying, well, it's whatever you want. And if it's an older couple, they don't spend near as long. And when they go out, the husband cuts it and they bring it back. <laughs> That's great. That's great. You've, you've gotten to see a lot since the first tree that you've harvested back in 1990. I'm sure you have lots of stories and you've, you've been a part of a, a lot of wonderful Christmas memories for a lot of families in West Virginia. So I think that's, that's pretty cool guys. Um, as we keep, you know, continue our conversation here with, with the business, you know, I think it's, it's neat that, that you, um, especially Ron, you had this motivation, you had a, a, a mentor, if you will, in your former supervisor with the, uh, the forestry department, talk a little bit about, uh, what that's been in, in terms of, you know, your journey uh, as a business owner? Well, uh, 
I will say it's been a lot of physical labor. Yeah. Uh, farming, farming's hard learning, work. Huh? Farming's hard work. Yeah, farming is hard work. It's been a great learning experience uh, in um, knowing have to learn for the the soils, the climate, the weed controls, the insects, diseases, all of the management issues that you have to uh, uh, take care of every year. And, and above all, probably the thing you have to really pay attention to is the finances. You, you really got to make sure that you don't ex- your expenses exceed your income. That's right. Yeah. Right. What, what, what's a typical Christmas tree cost like for the consumer to come down and cut your own? Uh, we do a flat rate on our furs at $45 a tree and a flat rate on our white pine at uh, 35. And we, our marketing model is we try to have all of our trees uh, harvested and out of here by the time they reach eight foot tall. We do not, uh, we are not in the business of producing large trees. We're producing for the mass population. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, so you think about that. I mean, it takes roughly eight years, right? To from a seedling to a harvestable tree. Average, yes. $45 is a steal. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, I don't even know how you do that, but but that is really cool. I think uh, I think that's pretty neat. Uh, guys, uh, you know, give us your 30 second, maybe I'll give us to Matilda, give us your 30 second pitch for French Creek Christmas trees. In other words, uh, what is it that you pe- tell people that you do there? Uh, we're a family oriented farm. Um, we love to see the children come and we do have a Santa event every the second Saturday of every year with Santa and Frosty and the kid, the children love that. Um, basically, um, pets are welcome as long as they're on a leash. Uh, people can bring whatever pet we've seen cats and dogs and I don't think we've seen a monkey yet, but <laughs> different kinds of pets. Um, and it's just a fun experience. Uh, and, and like I said, the children get their candy canes and coloring books, and it's kind of a memorable event. And they get to watch the tree being bailed. The kids always like that. Um, yeah. So that's basically our pitch. That's pretty neat. You know, I think um, you guys have been doing this for a long time, and I think uh, I think it's a lot more than just selling Christmas trees. I think you guys have a passion for just making memories and serving people. I believe we do. Um, I don't think we ever started out to have this as a full-time income. Yeah. Uh, in our area, that's probably not even possible. Yeah. Um, so it was a supplemental income um, and it just grew and grew. Last year, believe it or not, was our largest tree sale year. I think people just wanted to break out, get out in the fresh air. And we did, uh, we had our largest year last year. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me because I think national trends, I remember reading uh, last December, January, that, uh, that live Christmas tree sales were record across the country. So that makes, that makes sense to me. You know, Ron, I was listening to you talk about, you know, the, the, you know, taking care of that seedling. And I love the fact that you have a forestry background. I don't think any, uh, 
you know, I, I certainly couldn't run a, a Christmas tree farm, you know, understanding the insects and the disease and all the different things you were talking about. But it reminds me a lot about business, you know, what you do, because I always talk about developing a, any kind of business. You have to nurture the seed. I always talk about that. And, and the seeds are your clients or your prospects, right? So you're everything, everything rises and falls on, on the leadership of the business. And that oftentimes re, revolves around the sale, right? Nothing happens until a sale is made. So you plant those seeds, you have to nurture them, right? You, you, you fertilize them, you maybe pull out the weeds, you have to cultivate the soil and all those kinds of things. You have to water them, make sure they're getting, you know, God provides the sunlight, you know, all those things go into it. And it seems like, you know, your, your, uh, your product, you know, nurturing these seeds for eight years. I mean, my goodness, that's a long time until they're ready to harvest. There's a lot that goes into that. And I just think that's neat. And uh, I'm, I'm really uh, appreciative of that, what you guys do. Ron, what's what would be the thing that you would say that you're most excited about for French Creek Christmas trees right now? What's the thing you're most excited about? The thing that I am most excited about is hopefully that my family, my son, and his grandchildren will eventually someday carry on with the uh, the farming operation here they may not do it at the level we're doing it because of maybe their their situations but i i do believe we're going to be here perpetually yeah that's that's to the best of, to the best of my knowledge but there, I'd, I'd like to go back to one thing that you said there uh yeah. about that you couldn't be a christmas tree farmer you just didn't know uh what it's all about well uh, you could be a Christmas tree farmer, uh, and I will encourage you to be a Christmas if you have. And the key to it is have the proper kind of ground, soils, uh, acreage, whatever you need yeah. to uh, start the farm. As far as learning how to do it, there's an association, the West Virginia Christmas Tree Association. We are. We are very liberal with our assisting new growers who want to come in. We'll be there. We'll provide you with information. Uh, there is tons of literature out there on how to do it, how to grow Christmas trees. And also, uh, we don't use much in the way of chemicals at all. I don't, we don't spray our trees for insects or diseases at all, but if it's something that is needed, there are the chemical companies have their experts who will uh, counsel you on how to properly use those things. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, as they say, it's not rocket science. It's just hard work. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and patience, patience, patience is a big one. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, eight years from seedling to, to harvest, you know, I mean, that that's incredible. Matilda, um, where do your customers come from? Are they primarily there in Upshur County or talk a little bit about that? Well, in the beginning, they were mostly local. Um, we did, we've tried different types of advertising. Uh, we have uh, uh, a friend who made us a sign in the beginning and we put it up every year. Uh, it has been one of our best advertisements and word of mouth is just the best. Um, and we did some radio, some television, but that's so hit and miss in our seasonal uh, business that that doesn't work well. 
Um, so we mostly it's word of mouth. And then when Facebook came along, our son Joshua set us up a uh, Facebook account. And from then on, it's just been taken off. I operate that account. We have a web page and that sort of thing. And uh, we actually have two web pages. One of them's pretty inactive because it's old. But uh, most of our business comes through the Facebook page. And you ask about the distance. Now it has expanded. We get customers from Randolph County, a lot of customers from Harrison. We have people as far away as Charleston who make a family event and come out to the farm and then go to the West Virginia Wildlife Center and take the kids there. So it's it's expanded quite a lot. Now, the West Virginia Wildlife Center, that's nearby uh, there in French Creek. And I believe that's the home of French Creek Freddy. Is that correct? That's, that's right. All right. Has he ever made an appearance at the Christmas tree farm? No, but that's an idea. But all, of his, all, of his, all of his cousins live here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I find one of his cousins in the garden. In the garden every year. That's excellent. Uh, that's funny. That's good stuff. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you in the next two questions. You guys can split it up and figure out who wants to take take each question, but. I would like to know your best business moment since you've been in the Christmas tree business since 1990, what's your best business moment? And then we're going to, the other person can take the, uh, the worst business moment. Cause I want to hear both of those stories. I'll do the worst. She's going to do the worst. <laughs> okay. I actually, I, I, I really can't ID a specific moment, but I'm going to say moments and really the best moments are when those families show up in the driveway, uh, two, two or three adults jump out of the car and here come three or four kids right behind them. That's, that is, that's what it is. Okay. It's not so much the growing, collecting the money and stuff like that. It's just, we love to watch the families. And so those are our best moments. So cool. I could just, as you were describing that, Ron, I, I could just picture it in my mind's eye and wow, just, it, it almost sounds like a Hallmark movie. You know, you guys, I, I love it. <laughs> oh, we, we've got, we definitely can produce some Griswold trees if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we have done that too. That's great. Matilda, tell, talk a little bit about your worst business moment. Tell us that story. Actually, there are not very many. In 30 plus years, there's only been two or three incidents. And of course, one of them had to happen last year, had to do with the, the masks and COVID. And But there was only one person and we had our best tree sales year ever last year. So out of that, only one person that we had any issue with and they still ended up getting a tree. But uh, that one and an incident with someone insisting that they were going to use a chainsaw uh, to cut a tree. And I kind of made them mad. It was a man. And I kind of made him mad by saying, well, if you can't cut the tree with the bow saw, I'll go cut it for you. And that made him <laughs> mad and he left. So, <laughs> so basically, there's not been that many. It's all been, it's all been good. Pretty so, much everybody who comes here, they come here in a good mood. Yeah. They come here in a good mood. They're ready to have fun and they're not confrontational with it. Yeah. Um, occasionally you'll get a man and a woman that are maybe uh, having a you know, difference of opinion, but that's just fun. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Well, not about the tree usually, but before they even get out. Before of the they get out of the car, you can tell that they've had a discussion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's too good. Guys, I want to take a second just to mention our sponsors for Positively West Virginia, and they include the State Journal, wvnews.com, and Interaction Media. The support we receive from these West Virginia companies allow us to highlight the incredible business things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia. I like to call it a positive business stories. Our guests once again today are Ron and Matilda Fowler. They're the owners of French Creek Christmas Trees located right there in French Creek, West Virginia in Upshur County. Ron and Matilda, let's get back to it. You kind of touched a little bit about the long-term vision, but I always like to ask folks, what's the vision that you have for French Creek Christmas Trees long-term? I could answer that. Okay. Yeah, long term. Uh, I'm going to uh, start with next next spring, and long, and that's when long term starts. Is next yeah. spring because that's when we start planting our seedlings for the next eight years. And to be, we plan on long term. I will probably be doing that as long as we possibly plant every year, planting until. It just becomes no longer feasible because of age or something like that. And then I do believe that long term, uh, at some level, my son and his family will probably take over and continue the same model. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That, that's our kind of our long term plan. Yeah. And I see Matilda shaking her head. So she looks like you guys are on the same page with that for sure. You know, I, w- I wanted to ask, you know, we talk about these seedlings and I, I should have asked, you know, a few minutes ago, but how tall is a seedling? Is it like a 12 inches? Is it 24 inches? Is it? Yeah, I don't know. It's variable. Yeah, it's okay. variable. On most of our seedlings, they'll be anywhere from eight inches to 12 inches uh, above the root collar and the root collars where the stem attaches to the roots. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, the, what we go by is stem caliper, the diameter of the seedling stem, yeah. because the larger it is, the healthier the seedling is, and the greater the chances are of it surviving. Gotcha. Uh, if it's a small, skinny stem, uh, there's a good chance that we will lose that. And, and that's part of the ones that uh, we may get 350, 400 trees out of a thousand ceilings well it's those little ones that just don't make it That's, well ron as a forester you know do you, do you go out and, and shape these trees as well do you you kind of cultivate them that way or is it kind of like they grow and they're perfect uh, just curious just yeah i understand uh no they require probably not probably about two years after we plant the ceilings and they've grown a little bit We'll go through and I do what is called a corrective pruning, cutting out doubles, uh, diseases, anything that I think that will show up a few years down the line has been a defect. So we'll do that. And from that year on, the general theory of shaping a Christmas tree is a tree has a leader. Okay. You Every year when that leader starts growing, it gets to be about a foot a foot high or more than a foot long. You cut that leader off and make a one-foot leader. 
So the trees basically grow a foot a year, okay, because okay. you've restricted that. And then there's a two to three ratio of the angle that you ask about. So if you got a 12-foot leader, the first limbs that come down below that leader, we'll, we'll try to get those about eight inches long. That gives you the two to three ratio. And then it's just a guide all the way down to the bottom of the tree. And that, that forms, the I call it the ice cream cone shape. Yeah, that's perfect. And they're all, but they all are different. There's none of them that are exactly the same. Um, over the years, I have learned just by doing what I can do to that tree, trimming it to make it a nice tree down the line somewhere. And they're all different. Yeah. They're all yeah. different. It's got, but be that's the general rule. You're planting a couple thousand, you know, a thousand to 2000 seedlings every year. And you're, you're harvesting, you know, three to 400 trees a year, which is amazing. I, I, I think back to um, just a, probably two years ago or so, my wife, Rebecca, we went out to their family farm is over in uh, 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 Barber County. And uh, I, I saw a couple of little pine trees there. They were seedlings, just like you were talking about. And I, I dug them up and probably didn't do it the correct way. I planted them in our yard. I thought that would be kind of a cool memorial just to remember, remember the farm. You know, we've got a couple of the trees that we harvested. And they have hundreds of acres over there. And uh, it's neat to watch those things grow, you know. It is really mm -hmm. neat to see that. So I can only imagine having thousands of trees on your property, how rewarding that is to watch that. I think that's that's super cool. Matilda, I want to ask you a question. What's one of the biggest challenges you guys face uh, as a Christmas tree farm? Uh, getting older. <laughs> getting older. I mean, that, that really, um, when you're 30 or 40, even up into your 50s, you don't really realize what that means to restricting how much you can continue to do. So it becomes important that we have uh, people who can come in and help. Um, yeah. And we do have that. And our son, uh, he lives in Morgantown, but he tries to come and help. And the grandson is now 13 and he learned last year how to operate the baler during tree season. And of course awesome. he likes to get paid. So he does he does a lot of the bailing now, and that's, that's good. Great. We've got that help. And the granddaughter helps with the greeting and the coloring books and candy canes. Uh -huh. um, they can't be here every weekend, but they're here the weekend after Thanksgiving, and then they're here for the Santa event, too. That's great. And our daughter-in-law is very supportive of uh, Josh coming up and helping us and uh, when he can. And um, so, yeah, it's mostly uh, where we used to do almost all the work. Now we've got to have some help. Yep. Yep. Ron, I'm going to ask you, you know, you've been you've been doing this. You worked for the state. You guys both worked for the state of uh, West Virginia, I believe. Um, what's one of your, Ron, what's one of your guiding principles of leadership? What's something that you believe in? Patience. Patience. Patience with dealing with people. Yeah. Patience, yes. You got to have patience. Not getting overly excited. Yeah, I would say patience is uh, is the thing that I've always tried to practice most at. Well, even here, yeah, I can't really express it any better than that. Yeah. Well, that it, it's spoken uh, not only from the dealing with people, but 
you know, in your farm. I mean, you, you've got to have eight years before you can harvest, you know, I mean, that's pretty incredible. I think. Yeah. That's patience right there. That's patience. Yeah, well, that's patience. But now <laughs> when you say eight years from harvest, I understand that during those, well, those first eight years, we didn't have any harvesting. Right. And after that, you know, it was a cycle. So we do harvest every year. That's right. That's yeah, exactly. In other words, you plant a seedling, it takes seven, eight years before you can see it fully mature and ready to cut. But you always have a harvest every year. I always have a harvest every year cycle. Yes, absolutely. That's pretty cool. And it is the patience for that. It's the patience dealing with folks. Yeah. Yeah. Matilda, what's one piece of advice you would give to young people um, thinking about starting a business, whether it's uh, something on the side, like you guys did that eventually became your, you know, your life's work now. Um, What's one piece of advice you would give to somebody that's thinking about starting an entrepreneurial venture? Try to start out in something that you um, love to do, or at least like to do. Um, Don't just go out and say, well, I'm going to try this, but maybe work in that area for a little while before you start into the business to see what all the ins and outs are. Um, Like he was mentioning Mr. Charlie Hall. I knew him also, who was his mentor. I knew him and my uh, friend and I worked a couple of uh, seasons for him at his tree farm, just helping greet people and everything. And, And we just, then when we got married, it kind of came together that we decided this is kind of what we want to do as a, not as a business to make a living because we were both working somewhere else. But I think you have to have a certain amount of passion and uh, commitment to what you're going to do. I love it. You don't just give up at the first bad season. Matilda, that's very wise um, advice, honestly. And, you know, Go ahead. Go ahead, Ron. Can I throw in something right there? I would suggest if anybody wants to start a business, it's something new. See if you can find yourself a mentor, somebody who's been in the business for a while. And I just cannot imagine that if a person approached somebody who's been, they would be denied information. I, I believe anybody who is in business would be more than willing to help someone else get into it. I really believe that. You guys are really spreading and sharing some great wisdom here because, um, you know, obviously I, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of business owners and, you know, um, Matilda, you were talking about, you know, get, you know, getting started and not necessarily loving it, but at least liking it. And I think that was great. That was great wisdom right there, because I think that's so true. You know, um, you know, like for instance, you know, my, one of my hobbies, one of my passions is bass fishing, but I can't make a living bass fishing, but you know, I can use my, my talents for bass fishing and part of my ministry, or if I want to share that with my grandson or my son or my daughter, that all those are great things. Right. But you have to actually like the work that you're doing, right? (laughs) Because otherwise it's going to be miserable. You don't have to love it, but I loved what you said about like, and I also think that, um, you know, today it's very cool because, the young people out there have this word, they call it their side hustle. You know, they have a job, maybe it's working at, you know, wherever a state agency or working for another company, but they have this side business that they start. And it's so easy today to do that. Right. You guys had to have, you know, 50 acres or 32 acres devoted for your Christmas trees. But nowadays you can start a business pretty much 
overnight, you know, but the cool thing is, is that getting started, getting started is easy, but the growing of it is hard, right? You guys have endured that you've been doing it for a long time. And I just think that that's a, a great testament to, to not only liking what you do, but loving what you do. And I, I could yeah. see that in what you guys are doing. That, that's true. That's uh, we had to start. You have to start somewhere too. And then yeah. uh, a lot of times people start with a business degree and then go into the business. A lot of people start a business and then add some education to it. Like he's learned a lot of things yeah. um, about how to do the Christmas tree business. And Great. then there's always the other side, the advertising and the keeping up with all the phone calls and that sort of thing. So yeah. it's taken both of us to do it, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I think you guys are a great team. What's one thing that you guys do every day that you think contributes to your success? Get up and go to work. Get up and go to work. Have a plan. Yeah. Have a plan what I'm going to do the next day before I go to bed that night. Yeah. And hopefully nothing comes along that makes the plan change. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Matilda, do you have anything to add on that? Well, uh, to add to what he said, I think you also you kind of have to be flexible with the plan because there's usually going to be something that's going to come along. Uh, you think you're starting one way and you get a phone call or something happens and you've got to take a sidetrack for a few, you know, a few minutes or an hour or something. And then you've got to go back to where you to accomplish what you wanted to do that day, you've got to go back to it. Yeah, that's great. What's one book that you guys would recommend or even a podcast for aspiring business people, entrepreneurs? <laughs> I don't have an answer to that one. I don't have it. Also, honestly, to tell you the truth, I can't give you an answer to a specific book, but I can say... <clears throat> The association we belong to, the West Virginia Christmas Tree Growers Association, yeah. produced our, a grower's manual. Yeah. And if they were interested in Christmas trees, that would be the number one book or piece of information I would encourage someone to get a hold of and read through it thoroughly to give a very clear understanding of what the process was about. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Ron, you know, I think about, you know, your background in forestry and what you guys are doing and have been doing since, you know, 1983, when you first planted those first seedlings, not only creating wonderful memories this time of year for, for, you know, families and, and, and people uh, here in our, in our uh, region uh, with a Christmas tree, but you're also, you know, re repopulating and uh, reforesting our land, right? Which is a great thing. So it has multiple mo In other words, you're, it's a, it's a sustainable business, right? Yes, exactly. I think, I think that's, I think that's pretty cool. Honestly, I think, exactly. I think it's really neat uh, that you're able to do that. Just kind of occurred to me as we're talking about that guys, we've covered a lot in this interview. <laughs> is there anything else you think our listeners should know about the Ron and Matilda Fowler uh, story or anything more about French Creek Christmas trees? I'm trying to think. <laughs> well, I'm going to go back just for a minute to the question you asked him. And then I said, I can't think of one. And that's not really true. The book I would say for anyone who is going into business of any type, 
that deals with relationships of business and relationships of people and how to treat people would be the New Testament. I believe that that's the one that people should look at to learn how to get along with other people before they go into a business. Yeah. Yep. Amen. Amen, sister. (laughs) I would also, I would also say that, uh, once somebody starts, think they have an idea, give it a try and they're going to know real soon, whether it's for them or not. And if it's not for them back off and go to something else, because you got to like what you're doing. Yeah, find your lane, find your passion, right? Find exactly. find, were, find the work that you were created to do. That's the way I like to put it. Exactly. Exactly. Ron, Matilda, how can our listeners learn more about French Creek Christmas trees and perhaps even get in contact with you? Come down there and get their Christmas tree this year. What's the best way for folks to find out about you? Well, I'd like to give you a personal invitation to come and visit the farm, bring your family. Um, We have a Facebook page. It's just French Creek Christmas Trees. And the link to our website is on it. Um, Our phone numbers are on that page also. And we do most of our contacts now through Facebook um, messaging and that sort of thing. And then people can call. Uh, our address, our location, everything is on, on that page also. Excellent. Yeah. We have uh, links to all that on uh, the Facebook page, as well as the show notes section of the podcast. So uh, we'll make sure that folks, and if you're looking for a, a fresh cut Christmas tree, go down to French Creek Christmas trees in French Creek, West Virginia, Upshur County, go see Ron and Matilda guys. It's been a great honor to have you on the show today. You really um, encouraged you know, me as business owners, just watching your story and in Matilda, like you talked about, you know, the apostle Paul taught us to encourage one another. Right. And you're very encouraging people. You, uh, what you've been doing there in Upshur County and and with your farm and and spreading, uh, spreading uh, good cheer during the Christmas season is awesome. And and all the work that you're doing, I I just think it's really great. And I want to encourage you to keep up the great work, even though you said you're getting a little older, keep it up guys. You're doing awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys. It's been, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the state journal, wvnews.com and interaction media. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and businesses and people doing amazing things all across the Mountain State, just like my new friends, Ron and Matilda Fowler. They're the owners of French Creek Christmas Trees. Our hope is that we, in some way, equipped you, inspired you, encouraged you with this awesome business story. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website at PositivelyWV.com. Of course, we appreciate your comments, your positive reviews, and your encouragement as well. And guys, you know, share this, these, these episodes. Let folks know about Ron and Matilda's business and, and uh, help us get the word out there. And be sure to check out our weekly show, The Positively West Virginia Small Business Mastermind. We do that every Friday from 11 a.m. to noon, where we bring a panel of business experts from around West Virginia each week to help small business leaders succeed. Positively West Virginia is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can learn more of our mission of advancing 
small business and entrepreneurship in West Virginia at PositivelyWV.com. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, until next time, oh, and uh, also including our uh, producer today, Mr. Hampton Hill. <laughs> until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia. 